Oh, actually, we just mentioned sound on my face, yeah. Ah, oh, you see what I did there. Welcome, everybody, to Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. Uh, of course, with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse. And I am delighted to say it is our one-year anniversary. We have no hair. I don't know. That's where's, it. Where's the fanfare? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where's, where's the, where's the, where's the, the hold? Yeah, we need it. We need Yeah, where's the, um, where's the body pop as, which I don't like. I also don't like balloons, Ricky. You know, I don't like cake. <laughs> yes, you don't like cake, which, which I jokingly said to Ricky behind the scenes, uh, the fact that he mentioned he didn't like cake made me re- made me go, I don't think I want to be friends with you anymore, Ricky. Uh, <laughs> anyone who doesn't like cake, I don't trust. One of those uh, revelations. But yes. Yeah. No, it was funny. We had a little fun about that. But welcome, everyone. If you want to get in touch with today's show, as I said, it's the one year anniversary. So we're going to be reminiscing in a second with Ricky, our today's co-host, as well as uh, Steve's going to be doing mental health news. And we've got David and a few others who are going to be talking, obviously, about what mentally sound means. Uh, if you want us to know what mentally sound means to you, please do get in touch with us, which is at underscore mentally sound on Twitter or mentally sound radio at gmail.com if you want to email our good selves. But in terms of what's coming up on the show, we've got a pre-record with um, Callum Carr, which uh, is what uh, Ricky did, which is coming up um, around about half, in half an hour's time. Uh, we have mental health news on the top of the hour, as well as we've got some live guests uh, with Andrew from the Citizens Advice Bureau, as well as Jeremy, is it, I don't know how to Jeremy say Cripps, Jeremy Cripps. Crips, yes. Um, from what? Children, what? children, northeast. Children, northeast. Yes, as I say, yeah. Ricky knows more about this than I do. But, um, but yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's all coming up uh, in the second hour. But as I said, a one-year anniversary, Ricky. Yes. So I guess that's sort of reminisce. I guess. Um, where's it gone? Do you remember? I know. First of all, where's yeah. it gone? But also, in terms of, I guess, sort of looking back, being the person who's hosted this show for mm-hmm. for the since the beginning. Do you remember the first time you were involved? Because well, I don't think you were in show one, am I right in thinking that? No, I think it was show two or three. Um, my first bit was about mental health in the workplace. Yeah. And then I sort of, it kind of built on, so it kind of galvanized in a way. And mm. I never thought I'd co-host. For, you know, it wasn't it wasn't in my initial plans, as it were. But um, yeah, and then I did a bit on happiness, and, and then until you recommended I, I do this slot with you... Um, yeah, it's... Was that your first one, with happiness, about happiness? No, the first first bit was on mental health in the workplace. I think uh, it was oh, yes, two or three. that's true. Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, and then a bit um, on happiness mm-hmm. a show or two later, and then it kind of went from there. What and was then, what was uh, the first time you ever were in the studio? It was for mental health in the workplace. All oh, right. Uh, yeah, I think show, show two or three. Well, I did record some Vox Pops, which, might, which yeah, I, I think, think was, in, was in show okay. one. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm so. getting confused about, because the first time I remember you, you did a pre-record. Was that, well, you did your pre-record first, or was that uh, a live thing? No, no, I, I came a little later on. That was with uh, Sally from Keep Me Easy Home campaign. That was about kids ah, in yes. crisis. Yeah. Oh, yes, about the... the um, was that the documentary on Channel 4? That's right, it? yeah. yeah. It was really I remember that. Yeah, that was a good yeah, documentary. Yeah. I say that, that came recommended by Ricky. I watched it. It was very good. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess in, so in terms of like sort of out of scope about all the stuff we've been involved in and everything else, because mm-hmm. we were jokingly talking about this a couple of days ago when me and Ricky uh, met up for a social thing was, um, what's, what would you say is like some of the highlights for you over the course of this year? <clears throat> well, this I wouldn't, year, I wouldn't I say, think. um, was I mean, it, was but... it meeting me? Uh, you can say oh. it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. On, on a serious point, on a serious point, you know, just so you, you know, you put him in place. I love doing it to him. He's, he's got a halo above his head. I know. Yeah. Back home, yeah. No, I'm only kidding. Um, yeah. It, the people I've met has been uh, fantastic. No, that it's is a really a good, in all, yeah, um, in all seriousness, it is a real big part of, um, 
mm-hmm. of what we've done here is meeting the people, you know, like yourself and, and Steve and, and everyone else involved it's, it's behind the scenes. Team. And, um, Alistair. and I think as my involvement has sort of grown throughout, um, when I sort of get in charge of putting forward content, I've been particularly proud of, of some of the guests that be that I've been sort of able to get on and because when you when you think about mental health it covers so much array of subjects so I'm very sort of picky and choosy as to what comes on so if I feel that things like eating disorders need to be covered I'm careful who I get on for that if it's homelessness if it's uh, you know if it's bullying if it's uh, uh, kids in crisis you know uh, autism that sort of thing so. Um, I'm, I'm particularly proud of the variation that, that uh, we've had on this show. It's never been like a... We could never be accused of being a broken record, that's for sure, because of all No, that, of course, yeah. You know. um, so it, so we've, we talked about this sort of uh, quite, a bit, quite a bit in terms of, in terms of like favourite segments. Uh, what's up there for you in terms of what you remember? Uh, the two that come to mind uh, would be uh, when I... Because with my, my you know, uh, my, the condition I share with PTSD... Um, when we had Jason in that time, who was the ex-soldier, and he talked about his experience, and I thought he was a very candid and very vivid. Oh, uh, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I had a funny feeling that was something we were going to bring up as a mutual thing that we both mm-hmm. liked, because I have to say, because uh, we were jokingly talking about this, Ricky and I, uh, not that long ago, about how much of a hard time that was to do, because that was the show yes. where there was a lot of people behind the yes. scenes for various reasons couldn't make that show. Yes. It was not as well organised as it is we, now. We were under the cosh that, yeah. that show. And, and uh, again, going back to the team effort that we pulled out on that day, yeah. it was a proud moment. So, it, 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 But, I, but I, I must reiterate, though, although that sounds like we're going, oh, it was because of all what we yeah. did, it was like that just added to what actually became one of the strongest segments mm-hmm. we've done in mm-hmm. terms of... Because we want to have fun and be jovial like we are now, yes. but like mm-hmm. it obviously with, with a show called Mentally Sound, it has a real serious edge to it. Yeah. And we obviously talk about things that are really, you know, I guess taboo, which is one of the reasons we want to talk about it. But also we're trying to prove that we are productive people that can do some really fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but talk about the serious stuff as well. And obviously with Jason, like you touched on, being an ex-soldier and the, what they see on an average lifetime as a soldier and what they have to go through is unbelievable. And the fact that he talked about it so eloquently and, mm-hmm. and you know, we made that, we, the argument I remember us talking about was, if anyone deserves to have a separate, mm-hmm. um, to be to be given special dispensation for, for for what they're treated, it should be soldiers because they do stuff that people like me. I would freely admit, you know, I don't have the the, the courage and the and and the 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 mindset it takes mm-hmm. to do something like that to oh, see yeah, another I mean, person die. It doesn't die matter and... what you think about warfare or politics or anything like. You'd like to surely uh, you'd want to think that if people are putting their lives on the line to uh, defend the country, that when they come back, they are deserved deserve it of having the best treatment to, yeah. to deal with their conditions and certainly. should be allowed to come back into sight they should be treated better mm. than regular people in society and yet they seem to be treated worse which which and it's uh, interesting the comparison he makes to, just very you know. quickly that you know when he talks about you know when when soldiers come back with with missing limbs and so forth yeah that people of uh, that soldiers with mental health problems that come back aren't given the same yeah, exactly. Parity, which is no. just which is ridiculous. Yeah. It just makes no sense. Absolutely. So, but yeah, I mean, I would say in terms of regular segments, and then we're just going to play a song and take a bit of a break in a second. But I just wanted to say, in terms of regular segments, mm-hmm. and one that I think we should bring back, for example, should be the um, the, the the film section because that was film something section, that I yeah. really liked, yeah. and it's something we're we're talking about in particular with Wayne about bringing back in terms of the film section because mm-hmm. we really do want to. 
um, want to bring that back consistently because it makes it makes a ton of sense. Film uh, review, book review, music yeah. review, yeah, it, it, it's all it's like when all we talked about it, It's yeah. a Wonderful Life, I remember, and they talked about um, uh, superhero films and yeah. about the sort of mental health mm. uh, issues that are in with in regards mm. to that. That like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. So the fact that we're um, the fact that yeah, it just it means it means a lot, and the fact mm. that we're talking about it in in regular culture, such like the Marvel films and that, which mm. are really um, mm. which are really you know very poignant right mm. now. Yeah, it just makes it makes a great deal of sense. Mm. Um, obviously, we're going to talk more about this throughout the show. So obviously, yeah, we can we'll, talk we'll bring about up more, more highlights. Uh, um, because there's there's a bunch of more that come into my head, but they're a couple yeah. of examples, yeah. and we'll see what other people think, such as Steve Absolutely. and everybody else. Yeah. Um, but when we come back, we're going to be talking to David Coombs, who is a writer. who's talking about his new book, which he showed me uh, in the green room. Which which looked amazing. Um, so we're going to talk to him about that, but we're going to take a bit of a break now and we're going to play, I know, I, I think I played this in last month's show, but I like this song so much, is, um, I'm, I'm, are, you in, are you a fan of Paul Weller? Well, I'm a bigger fan of The Jam. Yeah, oh, we're playing The Jam, which makes you feel better. Um, but yeah, I, I've been listening to him all the time on YouTube for some reason. I'm such a huge fan of his. Um, so yeah, I'm going to play Going Underground, which is a classic song oh, by The Jam. Classic, yeah. And we'll be right back with David Coombs live in our studio. But you're listening to Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. Welcome back to Mentally Sound right here at Gravity Radio Northeast. That was obviously The Jam with Going Underground. And of course, we are back live in the studio with my good self and Ricky. Hello, sir. Hope you don't mind me invading your personal space here, but... Uh... Yeah. I hope you're talking about the mic. Yeah, That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, listeners back over <laughs> I got like, I got a smile out of David, so I'm sure that, that, that joke was worth it. Yeah. Um, is yeah. So um, let's just see. Sorry if you can hear the microphone thing. I'm just making sure I can hear. You can hear us okay. Um, but yes. So yeah. Uh, obviously, as I said, David Coombs is going to be joining us in the studio right now to talk about his book, The Scandal oh. of Sectioning, which is a phenomenally good title and he showed us he showed me the book like i Thank told you, you guys good titles. i know yeah i think you really are um as yeah. i say being well, it breaks the ice doesn't it if so as titles go but, it's, it's immediately intriguing isn't yes it? Oh, of course yeah i mean and, and uh I, I, we'll touch on the picture as well i mean obviously i know this is an audio uh video show but um he talked about there's a picture on the front with the barren artist but before we get to that because we're going to obviously spend majority of the section talking about your book david and welcome to the show obviously thank you um yeah is um with the fact that i remember you've been on this show a few times oh, already yes um so with the fact that it's our one year anniversary we thought with you being on this a few times and mm. almost like a contributor i guess you are yeah, is um like to things though yeah i would say so um do you have any fond memories? Do you have any fond memories? Like you're just about to go. No, I hate being on the show. <laughs> it was the worst experience in the world. He's meant to say, "What's your fondest memories?" Yes, what he's meant fond- to say. Yes, yeah. that's what I meant to say. Yeah. So, what have you got? Any positive memories about um, being involved? Because in there's it? so many to choose from, obviously, yes. isn't it? Oh yes, of course. <laughs> um, As we slip a five pound note, <laughs> please be positive. No, go on, dear. Especially last autumn, which was the, the uh, last time before this week that I was uh, hopeful about the future mm-hmm. uh, and um, I was about to uh, start running Firefly well playing then and mm-hmm. uh, I was um, uh, feeling good about life in general and um, I came into the studio and talked about it and felt even better when I left nice mm-hmm. It's almost like we're, we're providing a therapy session yeah, here right yeah. now. <laughs> it's, it's kind of our role. There's a um, key forming outside already. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, I mean, um, just before we, we obviously sort of talk about your book and everything in relation to that, because it's nice that you said that, is I think, um, and, and uh, I, we should mention as well that I'm being filmed uh, on this show um, for a thing I'm doing for the Mental Capacity Act, which I did an interview for. 
And one of the things that I talked about on that very briefly that I think is a good opportunity to talk about now is this idea of silver lining, which is something I never used to believe in. I never used to, I used to always think that it was some, it was people copping out and not really like giving you the help you need and going, oh, it'll get better, or there's a silver lining to things. But I think this show is a very good example. Mm. And I met you in hospital, and you probably might say the same thing, even with your role playing stuff, is that the silver lining is it, with all the stuff that I went through, you know, I got to continue Geek Apocalypse. I got to continue. I, I, this came after I got out of hospital. So for the, the silver lining for me is to do a show like this where I feel mm-hmm. like I'm sort of giving back. Um, so, you know, it's, it's worth seeing that because it's, uh, it's, it's good to, it's good well, to do something like is, this. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the, uh, in terms of this book, um, because last time you were on, you were talking about, I mean, actually before that, do you want to add anything to that and from your experiences? Or? Well, uh, we had this conversation a couple of days ago, didn't we, about um, how... We were recording this, Ricky. We were recording that, Ricky. But we were saying about how our goals are, you know, our goals tend to be a lot smaller compared to sort of yeah. normalised people. Great point, yeah. But I mean, in terms of a, a goal or a silver lining, I and mean, what could be bigger than, than hosting a radio show that, that breaks down taboos and and talk about our own experiences? Great so, point, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, because if you think about it, if whatever we go through, and I'm including David in this, I'm sure mm-hmm. he's okay with this, is that oh, what absolutely. whatever we whatever we go through is that um, the the thing that you m- would want to do with how extreme we go thing we go through is that you'd probably want to not talk about mental health left. You'll mm-hmm. probably want to hide a lot more. Um, but instead, but doing the opposite thing of just going, you know what, screw this, I'm gonna talk about what the reality of this, which I think is going to be a good segue to your book because it definitely touches on a touchy subject. Yeah. Is um is is that yeah we're willing to not only not only like embrace what we're going through but also um it, it, and also talk about it openly mm-hmm. with with other people who have similar experiences mm-hmm. which i think is the whole Something point like good rising has to uh, uh be dug up from the bedrock of the cell yeah no totally mm-hmm. i couldn't agree more mm-hmm. so in regards to your book which is as I, i'll say again it's called the scandal of sectioning which i which means a lot to me but before we get on to like what it's obviously about in more detail is yeah the front cover intrigues me who's that by it's by a local artist called jp davidson okay oh who i actually met in the both not in the section of (laughs) you can you can you draw this please um but no so you met him in a pub you say like so what was that so how was that just a random random night or no it's a pub i go to quite often okay okay it's called Trillions, if any of you know. Oh, it. I know Trillions very well. Yes. Yeah, yeah I know Trillions. Yeah. Great place. Yeah. So what? So how did that conversation happen? Did you just go? I'm writing a book, and oh, how did oh. it come up to with? Oh, I've got this picture of a, of a, of a. Actually, I think he said I'm a photographer first. All right. And then I said, Oh, do you do portraits? I need a portrait with the back of my book. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, Actually, I mostly do. Uh, Oh, photographs of buildings. Said, oh, can you do the front cover? <laughs> nice. it, it is actually a strong cover. Um, I'll just mention this very quickly. I mean, you know my passion for record covers and record designs. Yes. We talked about it before. Um, I often find that part of the fun of going into a bookshop is seeing the array of designs on shore. I'm a big fan of uh, uh, book cover design, and, and I think what you have there is, is one of the best I've seen recently so oh that's really cool mm. it's very nice of you to see it and i think that leads to a more uh, um wider point of with everything becoming online and i, I you mm. know that's something we're going to talk about in terms of you publishing your book is um 
every, you, there's not much of a need to have a digital picture mm. of something because especially with like music with yeah. album covers they just put put them on iTunes and maybe well, it's a shame one. because I've always felt music and I think the sh- same goes with books as well uh, the content always has a, a relationship with style and design and art and I think if if that relationship is lost not that I'm against um, MP3s or sort of you know um, the Kindle versions of books. Um, I just want that relationship to be maintained because it's yeah. really nice and no, it, totally. it gives it an identity as well that you can, I, you know, mm-hmm. you could identify. Do you agree with. with that? That you think sort of? Do you prefer books being, you know, like an actual one you hold them now, or do you oh, prefer being digital? I, I much prefer physical books, but uh, all uh, five of my books are available in both formats. Mm-hmm. All right, now that's uh, that was that was going to be one of my questions: yeah. is how you're publishing it. So. So, yeah, do you want to describe in more detail? Because, obviously, you know, people may get on a very basic sense based on the title that it's obviously about mm-hmm. sectioning people. It's about, you know, psychiatric wards, I guess. Um, but um, could you describe the premise for us? It's about the sort of stuff that doctors get up to and the sort of things that patients try to do to uh, find freedom. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, as mm-hmm. we both know, we've had ex- we've, we, we know what that feels like. Um would you say, and again, I know this is like a, I guess, is a controversial, you know, topic, but I think from my own experiences, I always like to say to people, I remember a nurse in the ward we were in, um, actually turned around to me and said, the, the mistake a lot of people make when you enter these hospitals in everyday societies, they think that that's just, that's the thing that's going to fix you. Whereas the actual nurse described it to me as uh, the way people should see it as is like a band-aid. It really doesn't, it's really not, it's a very, very short-term solution to a very serious long-term problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understood that that argument. And I guess it leads me to ask you, do you feel when you end up in a situation like that where your freedom is being taken away from you and everything else that... That people just assume that every that everyone in there is doing what's best for you, and and, and that's not you. That sometimes isn't the case. Is that fair to say? Yes, certainly. Oh, the nursing helps. There's yes, no question about that. Oh yeah, the nurses get underappreciated. But um, actually, uh, being uh, confined in a corridor, basically, yeah. for uh, for weeks or even longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, absolutely no help at all yeah. and actually can make things worse. Yes, mm-hmm. which is very worth seeing. I mean, to the point of where I actually was leaving and they rec- they actually said to me when I went through this that they were like, you shouldn't really sort of leave at this time, but you can't stay any longer because if you start staying in them places a long period of time, you start not being able to get into society. You're not, mm-hmm. you're not able to adjust to society mm-hmm. properly, which is a very good point. Um, that you know, so something you may be or be or as your point you're sort of hinting at is you may kind of get well, weller in certain aspects of your mental health issues, but then you start losing stuff that you maybe have been already coping with, but you've you, another problem mm-hmm. exists, which is kind of what you're saying, um, which is interesting. So, what sort of was it your experiences that inspired you to write this? Did you feel like you were mistreated? I guess. Yes, I was very angry about. Uh, mm-hmm. All the stuff that's happened to me when I'm convinced I'm not psychotic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, despite having been repeatedly told that, even yeah. by friends. Yes. And family. Yeah. And other people who really should know me better than that. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 that's something that resonates with me. So with that funny. in mind, then, how was it writing the book for you? Was it more emotional? Was it therapeutic? 
Good question. Uh, it was mostly hard work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't really uh, uh, think too much about exactly what I was going through. I was too busy going through it until the next month when it was basically out of it for a whole month. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, oh God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, uh, uh, eventually I decided um, that um, even if it hits me, it's uh, I'd done the world a lot of good, so it was mm-hmm. worth doing. Wow, that's, mm-hmm. it's, it, that's so, fr- it's so freaky because um, I understand that on so many levels because uh, not to the standard of writing a book, which I imagine takes a, an, a, an awful long time. I mean, I've wrote a, a web series recently which took a, a, a fair bit of time. But... Um, I just wanted to bring up um, which the guys were just filming which you would have just seen David and uh, obviously Ricky knows about this is when I was doing that interview um, which was only like an hour but it was basically touching on what I went through and I you know all the stuff I, all the, the stuff I had afterwards about you know um, you know getting compensation for what I went through and all this kind of thing was um, I did that interview and I suddenly started feeling really really terrible and I was like, "Oh God, what's going on?" And then I saw, suddenly realized at the end, towards the end of that day, and I did the interview like really early in the morning, like so, like ten o'clock in the morning. Was um, I was realized that it was bringing up all that feelings I had at the time, and I just was depressed for a good two and a half, mm. three days, um, because I have talked about my experiences and I talk about it openly mm. on this show, but it was to such an extent that it's like you know it's almost like i was having a, a a really intense therapy session where i was talking about everything i ever went through that time in a condensed period of time that it just brought back so many mm-hmm. um hard things that i just had a very horrible few days because i was just thinking is this what and the reason i'm bringing this up is because the sentence you said which was such a brilliant point was is you always ask yourself the question of is this worth doing because this is really hurting me to 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 see this, but as you say, if it helps one person, mm-hmm. it's worth doing on that sense. Um, would that be fair? Would that be fair that you do it for yeah, the benefit of other people? If you help one person, it is as if you save the world. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So yeah, Absolutely great, great point. Oh. Um, so yeah, you wanted to um, you wanted to read the introduction, which I think would be a good oh, way I to do, end yes. the the interview. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we get to that? Or are you mentioned you touched on the role playing? Do you want to say where that is that continuing? It's happening at five o'clock today at Project House. Nice level five. Very good. And it's is it every week? It is every week. Okay, so um, and you can find more information on Launchpad, can't you, about that? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, on my Facebook page. Okay, so yeah, if you find David Coombs on Facebook, I'm sure he'll tell you about his role-playing stuff, which is cool. Um, he does Firefly, which is awesome. So yeah, as I say, his introduction to his book, he's going to read the first few pages of the introduction. Uh, um, as well, the introduction, I should say, which is four pages long. And uh, yeah, so fire away, David, whenever you're ready. Well, before I start, I have to do a disclaimer on these. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Uh, of course, yes. Uh, Good point. Yes. These are my opinions, uh... I don't pretend this is fact and this is not the radio station's opinion. Okay. Nevertheless, or I'm sounds, conv- I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm convinced, though. So here goes. I would say, in my opinion, uh, mm. it, he's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there you go. Okay, fire away, David. It's a free country. They hope that the more they repeat it, the more likely we are to blindly accept it as true. Sadly, they are generally right. However, here in the United Kingdom, any private citizen can be detained without trial for up to three months on the say-so of two doctors and a social worker. 
who simply have to assert that, in their opinion, the subject is a danger to himself or others, like, well, any responsible adult. This is called mental health services, though it is not clear who it is a service to or what it has to do with mental health, apart from making worse. And when mental health services get their claws into you, they are very reluctant to let go. If they catch you young enough, as they did me, I was ten, you will never have a life of your own. And that isn't the worst part, because it's quite possible you won't have a life at all. It is within mental health services' power to prescribe drugs to be taken every day, in some cases several times a day. These drugs are expensive, addictive and toxic. The ones I took for 15 years rendered me incapable of walking properly, to the extent that about once a month I had to be taken home in a stranger's car because I couldn't stand off. Mm. A tame MHS doctor told me I had ataxia, but admitted the doctors had indeed made the symptoms worse. And even if ataxia is anything more than a description, what caused the ataxia? I never had it before I started taking a tablet, and then I suddenly had. And these drugs are not just expensive for the struggling NHS, though they certainly are. They can also be expensive for the victim themselves. How can this be? Surely the NHS is free at the point of use. Well, not if you have income above a certain level, or even, as in my case, savings. Well, again, this level must be far above most people. Actually, in 2015, the level was £6,000. And it's 16000 or over, you don't even get a reduction. And prescriptions cost £8.20 per item every month. Not a negligible cost. It is over £100 a year. And for what benefit? Stopping symptoms getting worse in the opinion of these doctors. Mm who are breaking 200 grand a year. So why would anyone take the tablet? Simply because they have to. The doctors compel us. When we are on a section, as it's called, after the governing section of the Mental Health Act 1983, which we are not shown, but which I've gone out and bought a copy of, we are legally obliged to submit to the medication. And if we do not, we are commonly held down and injected. This has happened to me. When we are not sanctioned, we theoretically have the right to refuse treatment. But requests to do so are often ignored, as has been happening to me for years. And everyone in the community has heard our stories about the scrutiny inflicted on those who do. Of course... They tell us over and over again that those on antipsychotic medication can get good jobs. <laughs> they repeat this so we will believe. They would have to be very good jobs. The sort that wouldn't mind repeated absence for illness from dogs or chemicals or trips to the doctor or chemist. The sort no poor victim child with a stigma of mental illness is ever likely to get let alone Edward given the dreaded but so vague as to be meaningless tag of schizophrenia. 
So, this is a novel about someone, me, deemed mentally ill and repeatedly sanctioned. As a novel, it is not entirely true. But the only bits that are fiction are as... that I had a tribunal at the end of my last spell being sanctioned. Though I have had tribunals in the past, and the account is based upon them. The names and the fine detail of the encounters at the level of the exact words used. So, what follows is as closely based on fact as it can be to give you this novel. And I will give you this novel if you buy it online at <laughs> lulu.com. <laughs> Brilliant, and I apologise for laughing, but like that's just so funny what you said about the. Uh, I shouldn't apologise because I'm assuming it's meant with a bit of humour to it, but uh, I laughed a lot at just the line about you know yeah they they tell you, but you can still have a good life, but yeah, take this thing, yeah, um, cool. So to say it one more time, where that's where you can get that, Lulu dot com. How do you spell that? L U L U dot com. Okay. Slash spotlight slash David Coombs. Okay, great. Hello, you're listening to Mentally Sound, our monthly show on Gravity FM Northeast, talking all aspects mentally sound, mental health and mentally sound. Um, I'm very excited to talk to our next guest, a young, impressive young man by the name of Callum Carr, who runs the charity South Tyneside Against Bullying. It's a, it's a relative new charity, isn't that right, Callum? Yeah, that's right. Um, we've been running for just over um, two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I set up Self-Tensed Against Bullying when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the last two and a half years, we've had some great success. Um, mm-hmm. We've had a few challenges and boundaries um, chucked in our way within this period of time. But apart from that, it's been it's been very successful. Um, and we've reached out and helped quite a lot of people. Excellent, excellent. I mean, I'm <clears throat> glad you gave me that intro. I was going, I was going to ask as well, how are you doing, and 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 uh, how's things for you at the moment? Um, so at the moment, South Tensed Against Bullying um, are doing quite a lot of work within the local community, mm-hmm. um, but just as much as across the um, across the country as well as co- across the globe. So last year, um, we actually delivered a number of school talks to um, schools in the Philippines and Dublin. Wow. An island. Yeah. Um, so we're highlighting the, the impacts of um, cyberbullying, the other forms of bullying, and internet safety. Mm-hmm. Um, we also um, have a fully uh, qualified team of um, counsellors and representatives behind us who will support um, young people and their families across the South Townside area and the surrounding areas um, such as Durham, Gateshead, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a free um, support services for our um, for anybody that would like to use our services. So we have a free twenty four seven telephone helpline, which is UK only, mm-hmm. and we also have um, an international line chat service, which is once again managed by our twenty four seven on call counselling team. Mm-hmm. So, Callum, take take me and. and be free to share as much as information as you want and then you know uh, whatever you're comfortable with but take us take us back to the beginning uh your own personal background story and how how south Tyneside against bullying uh, first started yeah so um i started south Tyneside against bullying up in 2013 um, yeah. and it was for, there was a number of reasons why i actually set up the organization um, one of the main reasons was because of lack of support services within the local area, yeah. but also there was quite a lot of alleged um, teen suicides and teen bullying mm-hmm. um, going on 
which was quite um, featured in the media, the local and uh, national media quite a lot, around the social media site AskFM. Okay. Now, um, we actually, when it wants to set up the, the organisation, mm-hmm. um, we've actually worked with them now. But the, the reason how it all originated was because I actually set up a campaign to boycott the, the social media site after... Um, the Prime Minister David Cameron announced that um, the young people shouldn't go onto their website and that it's not a good environment for online users to be on. Mm. But now two years on from them be, from them being criticised um, from what you know was allegedly in the, in the media, um, they've been bought by a brand new company, they've increased the moderation team, they've appointed a brand new safety um, experts. Um, we actually work with the Director of Trust and Safety for Ask FM, which is obviously a social media site. Um, we work with um, Annie Mullins um, in London quite a lot, and we share ideas and we give um, Ask FM things that they can improve on. And they also give us what um, give us ideas and what we can do to support young people. Um, you know, with me being 17, coming up 18 myself, I can give them pointers and tips on what um, young people are looking for on social media sites and what needs to be more user-friendly mm-hmm. and what needs to be more accessible. Um, so that was the, the two reasons why I did set up um, self Tensor Against Bullying, but also because I was bullied as well when mm-hmm. I was in school. Yeah. Um, and there, was no, there wasn't really much support for me, but my friend was severely bullied online um, and there was no also no support for her to go to and to get any um, help or advice. So I just thought if there was no support for me or for my friends, there's no support for anybody else. So, you know, what? where are people going for support and advice? Because if they go to a big multinational charity and organisation, they're not going to be dealt with on a case-by-case basis. It's not going to have the personal touch. Where if I was to set up an organisation where we have a fully qualified team of on-call counsellors that can relate to the young people in the local area, that can speak to them face-to-face, and that can deal with them on a case-by-case basis and make it a more personal experience for them, it's going to be much better. It's going to want make young people come to us even more. Um, so that's how it all started off. And the reason why I was bullied in school was because I wasn't the typical kind of lad that wanted to do football and, yeah. you know, I wouldn't hang out with, with the other lads. I wanted to do performing arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of bullied for my appearance because at the time a lot of people thought that I had quite um, large teeth, large front teeth, which a lot of people say isn't the case. Um, but that made me feel self-conscious about myself. I didn't have much confidence. Um, and still to this day, actually, I, I still think that I've got, um, because of the negative comments I received, I still think I've got quite um, large teeth at the front, which a lot of people say I don't. And if that, any, like A lot of people ask me, is if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? There's always, um, I would change, I would change my teeth. Mm. Um, and people will notice on pictures and when I get pictures taken, I don't smile with, with, with my mouth open. It was simply because of the names I've been called. Um, so that, that's why I don't smile and don't show my teeth on pictures. A lot of people will, will say, you know, you, you don't, you don't smile. And that is the reason it's because of, of previous, um, experience of that I had within school of being bullied and, and having negative comments thrown at us because of because of my appearance. I think it's um <clears throat> that delves into other areas like things like which I'm sure you've heard of things like body dysmorphia where you start to self criticize and analyze your own appearance. And quite often some of that is triggered by what other people say. Would you say that was in your case? Um I wouldn't well I wouldn't really say as much. I don't get up to you every morning and be like, oh my God, like 
I'm, I'm just not going to go out today. And, yeah. But definitely, no, like, there's just some days, like, like I said, my pictures really, I'll, I'll not really want to show, show, mm. put my teeth on the show. Mm. Um, but I'm not one of these people that would probably go and spend money on getting mm. it done. And, mm. you know, it's just, it's one of them, you know, if, if I'm, if I've got big teeth, I've got big teeth. Similar as if people don't think I have them, that's their opinion. If people think I have them, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But at the end of the day, it's my body. I, it, what I think, what I want to think, I'll change what I want to change. And if I was, if I am going to change it, I'll change it in my own time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, um, especially young young teenagers and young girls, are self-conscious about themselves yeah. because of their, their appearance and mm. their body weight. And at the end of the day, be who you want to be. It's mm. okay to be who, who you want to be. And, you know, you should never look at look at yourself <clears throat> in the mirror and think, well, you know, I'm ugly or I'm, I'm fat just because of what people think. It. You know, if you're happy with yourself inside and outside, then that's only what matters. Well, it yeah, you, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it relates to self-esteem, one's self-esteem, which gets affected. But this is the thing with bullying, isn't it? where one particular part of you whether it's your personality or a physical appearance it could be the smallest thing and that's enough for bullies to pick up upon and uh, really exaggerate to the point where it torments that other person um how how bad did it get at its worst stage for you um it got to the point where i, I wouldn't go to school right um so i just didn't go to school at all mm. and it got to the point where um I told my mum and she had to go and um, she had to basically go into the school and, and and tell the school because at the moment at, uh, quite a lot of the time the schools are quite in denial about bullying and, and they yeah. don't I don't think um, teachers in schools are quite aware of what the f- effects that bullying can have on um, young people and so it managed to get resolved within the school you know I didn't and unfortunately um, in other cases you know there's quite a lot of young people um, feel suicidal and they just but that in my case that didn't happen um, mm. quite a lot of time I've seen quite a lot of, of interviews I do is that I was I had a lucky escape and that I was um, my bullying wasn't really bullying and it wasn't you know it was it was minor bullying but a lot of people say you know whether it was minor or major bullying is bullying at the mm. end of the day it can still have the it same can, impact it can still it. manifest content and get worse yeah it can still have the exact same mental and physical impacts mm. Um, as what you know other bullying can have on people mm. and I, I just think you know mental and physical impacts on, on victims of bullying and that I don't think the bullies actually realise what it can do to people not mm. just on the outside but the inside as well mm. and when you also agree I mean Again, I'm sure my age, but when I used to go to school back in the 90s, high school, we didn't have anything like social media um, and, you know, mobile phones that we have now. Do you think the problem now with bullying, you mentioned before, cyberbullying is more, is galvanised hugely because of social media and this sort of Instagram kind of culture that we live in? Yeah, absolutely. So social media is the biggest one at the moment. And that's why organisations like ourselves are getting out there to schools, community groups, anybody that we can basically get to, to promote online safety um, and just raising the awareness of what is expected online and how to um, be safe online. And, you know, because there's quite a lot of trolls and predators out there. Yeah. But absolutely, the biggest... uh, part at the moment is cyberbullying because people are hiding behind a screen don't know who they are and there could be uh, somebody there could be a totally different person of what they're actually stating on their profile um, 
and nine times out of ten, quite a lot of young people don't actually have the social media and internet usage monitored by their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a massive percentage in the United Kingdom at the moment that mm-hmm. people under the age of 13 years mm-hmm. old have a social media account, mm-hmm. and that is actually against the law, um, mm-hmm. and parents aren't monitoring them. You know, a lot of the time, parents don't know what their young child are getting up to in their bedrooms on their iPads with their smartphones, and quite a lot of the time they could be getting um, abused, they could be getting cyberbullied, or they could actually be abusing and cyberbullying somebody else. Mm. And the parents don't know about it until they have a knock on the door by a police, or they have a knock on the door by another parent, or they get taken into the school and sat down and have a meeting about it. I actually feel um, quite sorry for young people in that respect, because even now, where in my late 30s, I, <clears throat> there is, I still feel a sort of a pressure, if you like, that you have to stay in tune or, or stay connected with people to make sure what's going on. And I just think back to when I was a teenager, if I had that kind of pressure on me, I would have found it very difficult. So I can't, I can't begin to imagine the, the sorts of pressure that, that young people have to go through with that. Um, so do you think, would you advise on things like, I know the, the media have did, Dub it, dubbed it things like digital detoxing or digital sunsets where people can can learn or get within their routine at a time where they can just switch off and get away from that. Is that one of the things you advise young people? Well, I think I'd be a bit... Um, I'd be kind of... Um, I, I think I would be kind of... I don't know, what's the word? Um, Reluctant. No, I, I think I would be... Don't worry, just just carry on. Um, no, because it's in my head. You can't cu- you can't cut this out, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You can't edit. Um, yes, that's it. No, I, right, I, speak, I, uh, say the question again. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Just yeah. Just making. I was just making the point. Um. About. Uh. Uh. If I was young. Uh, I feel I, I get I feel in my late thirties I get a sort of a pressure uh, about being staying connected with with social media in some respects, even though I'm a bit over the hill. <laughs> but I, it, as regards to young people, um, the pressure to them for them to stay connected on social media, what what it's going on amongst their peers, must be enormous. So what I'm asking you is is do you feel that is one of the things you advise young people is, you know, as what the media would say, a digital a digital detox where you switch off at times? No, I think I'd probably be contradicting myself, actually, if I was to, to say that, um, you know, that young people need to turn myself off from, from the internet because it's quite hard. I've tried to do it and it just doesn't work because quite a lot of my friends have um, social media and they have, you know, text messages and it just doesn't work um, but I think what what can happen is you know it gets to a certain age where yes you have to take responsibility for your own actions that you do online but it's also the responsibility of the parents so under a certain age it gets to a point where parents have to say right okay this is my um, this is what my child's doing online and this is my parental responsibility to cut them off from the internet at a certain time of the night because they're going to bed at 10 o'clock at night and they're still on that phone mm. speaking to their friends or posting mm. stuff on social media. And you can get apps and technology now that cuts young people off from the internet or mm. from a certain uh, social media or an app at a certain time. So I think it is hard for young people to come off social media sites and to draw the way 
draw themselves away from the internet. Is it, is it as well because the internet is so ingrained in our daily lives now that it's just almost virtually impossible? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what do you do when you when you get up in the morning? First thing you do in the morning, pick up your phone. That's straight yeah, what I do. I admit that's, that's what I do as well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's sad, but I do it, yeah. Absolutely. Before I even get out of bed, my phone, before I get to school to bed, sorry, my phone is on charge. Mm. When I get up out of bed, once I open my eyes, I literally turn on my phone straight away, mm. check my emails, check my messages that I have or notifications yeah. that I have on Facebook and Twitter, mm. and then, you know, carry on with the rest of my day. But yeah. that is the first thing I do, because it's just a habit that you get into, and it's just, mm. it's, like, it's a bit like a routine. Mm. So tell me, Callum, you, you said, I mean, you, it was a very startling uh, achievement that you, you guys are now worldwide, you know, as, as far as the Philippines. So what future would you want South Tyneside against bullying to, to reach now that you've kind of made, you've made this big impact already in, in this short time? Yeah, even though we're self-transit against bullying, we're still getting out there to quite a lot of people outside of the area. Yeah. And there's quite a lot of things in our um that's coming to us in the future um we've got quite a lot of things on our agenda to be doing um which we cannot wait for you know we um we've got partners in australia um we have partners in like i said in london one of the big aims for me to do in the next um in the future would be to actually roll this out as a nationwide um campaign in a nationwide organization where it's not just restricted to the south Side area because i do think that you know there is needs to be more of a counseling service and a more variety for young people to go to not just in the south Side area but across the um the, the whole of the the country um so that would be one of that's one of my hopefuls for for the future um at the minute we are all voluntary based so it's all volunteers um we want to get to a stage where we actually have to say well look at yes we have voluntary counselors that you work on the clock and have a 24-hour on call team but we want to get to a point where we say actually you know what we can offer a paid vacancy to people that are you know that are dedicating yeah. their time to us so it comes it, it, we want it to be proper full running functional organisation that can pay a wage out to to our um, volunteers that are putting an immense work and effort into what we are doing and in regards to young people's mental health which which I think is gaining a lot of media coverage recently um, we've done features before about kids in crisis where they, they, they've like been taken away hundreds of miles away from families but things like calm services as well and schools to integrate counsellors I'm sure that's one of your aims as well yeah, absolutely so we want to get out to schools quite a lot um not not all the time schools want to cooperate with us which we find um but absolutely we want to be able to put online safety and anti-bullying onto the school agendas because yeah. i don't think it's highlighted enough in schools and mm. um, for young people and i don't think if if it was highlighted and if the message was out there a bit more and, and in the face mm. i don't think bullying would happen um, as much because i think a lot of the time young um, children from the age of 10 years old if not younger don't actually know the impacts bullying can have on people mm. and I think that's if, if we kind of give them a shock and put the statistics in front of them and you know be a bit harsh and speak about the suicides and, mm. and suicidal thoughts that people can have and get down to the nitty gritty that you know quite a lot of people shy away from it and go no no you can't speak about suicide to these children yeah. it's not a very nice subject to speak about but mm. if actually you speak about it it's going to make them young people realise what the impact it can have on them, and then mm. they're going to realise actually that's wrong to do. I shouldn't do that because that's what it can lead for somebody to do. It'll lead for somebody to take their own life. You see, I remember from um, physical education lessons at school, we we were regularly talked about 
you know, the physical impact on lives if we didn't, you know, took regular exercise. So we would hear a lot of scare stories about um, things like heart attacks and, you know, obesity and stuff like that. So if we can, if we're comfortable talking about that, then why shouldn't mental health be talked about? Because after all, it's all about parity, isn't it? And, you know, talking about mental health as much as we do physical health. So, and even in my experience, I mean, I've, I've been diagnosed with having post-traumatic stress disorder. And in my time in high school, I think I would have benefited if there was a an, a, an on, on-site uh, within the campus and school of some sort of, you know, counselling service of some sort. So I think that's a really good initiative. So we're coming up to the, the end, um, Callum. Um, can you just uh, give us any contact details you'd like to give out there? Where where can we find you online and social media and yeah. so forth? Absolutely. So South Tensed Against Bullying are across every, practically every social media platform that is out there. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. With this, um, they both have the same um, Twitter and Instagram handle, which is at STeinsideAB. You can also find us on Facebook, South Tensed Against Bullying. Mm-hmm. And then you can also visit our website, where you can access our um, live chat service, which is operated by our 24-7 on-call counselling team at www.stab, so stabantibullying.weebly.com. Or if you want to give us a call, speak to our on-call counselling team, 24-7, which is a nationwide um, helpline. You can contact us on 0843-886-8135. Um, calls cost 7 pence per minute plus standard network access charge. Or alternatively, you can call us on 7 637 445. That's excellent, Callum. Um, all I can say now is I just wish you good luck for the future and I hope this uh, initiative grows and grows and grows. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you in the studio sometime. So uh, please do come down and visit, please. And uh, love to meet you and talk to you in person. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be great to, to come along and meet yourselves and speak a bit more about the, the issues of, of mental health and and bullying as well you know there's quite a, i think mental health issues need to be highlighted quite a lot um you know there's de- children from the young as eight year old being diagnosed with depression yeah. and anxiety it's not just bullying there is a wide range of, yeah. of uh, mental health that is out there you know and, and abuse as well that's what we cover we cover domestic abuse mm-hmm. sexual abuse so it is a it is a vital it's vitally important that we highlight the, the impacts and get the message out there to young people but not just also to young people to parents and grandparents as well they need to now be aware of what's happening in our day and age. Yeah, it's as much as an education to the older generation about um, what the young people are experiencing and how how everyone over every generation can help. Exactly, time moves on, internet changes, yeah. social media exactly. uh, develops day by day, and we need to be one step ahead of that, and we need to educate people as the days go by. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Callum. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Uh, but welcome back, obviously, to Mentally Sound and Gravity Radio Northeast. I'm, of course, Stephen Hesse, and I'm still here with my good co-host friend, Mr. Ricky. Hello, sir. Thank you very much. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm good. I haven't changed since the last hour. No. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still moving motoring. Uh, I have. Uh, no, you have. I'm yeah. sorry. Are you? I hope you're okay. Um, we'll, we, we'll make sure he's okay in the next break. Yeah. But uh, until then, are you feeling any better? Because in all seriousness, with the light, yeah. the, we, what yeah. we didn't realize with this setup of me and him standing here is he's right underneath the light, so I he's know, been getting burned really, like wilting like you know, a flower. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yes, I will do mm. Naked Flower. Yeah, he's flat ass. I also do po- the poetry corner on here. <laughs> Ricky's flowering at this point. That's so funny. Like at the end, at the end of at the end of this uh, show, he's like a daffodil. Like, yeah. You know how funny would that be? Anyway, um, uh, so yeah, uh, obviously for those that are regular listeners of the show, obviously being our year anniversary, we've done thirteen shows. Technically, technically, yeah, thirteen show, yeah, because yeah, yeah. uh, which makes no sense to me doing a year thing. We were just talking about this in Green Room, but anyway. Um, so obviously, for those that listen to it, as I just said, we always do mental health news roughly around the top of the hour, and this is no different. With Ricky mm-hmm. being co-host, we've asked our good contributor friend, Mister Steve, to join us. So, hello, Steve. Hello, back. hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, obviously, thank you so much. Obviously, for all your hard work, uh, and thank you so much for doing this again, as per usual. I would say he's been an imperative part of the show. He so has. Yeah, you've yeah. been involved. How? Yeah. Yeah, that's that was going to be my question because I don't know this. Like, how long have you been involved in this? Right from the beginning. I think I've been involved from day one, really. But yeah. um, it's just what I find amazing about this show is you be a little bit closer, please, Steve. Yeah, just how you get all these people Thanks, from different backgrounds Absolutely, working together. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I've learned lots of new skills. I mean, yourself, Stephen. This is kind of your thing, uh, hosting radio shows and doing podcasts. Yeah, and. You've really taught me a lot as well. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I you wasn't know, asking in relation you know, to me, but you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I've done interviews on radio before, but I didn't actually realise the work that goes into these yeah, kind of things, yeah. and it's learnt me a lot. You know, I think uh, I would say in, I would say in response to that, I think one of the things that that I think interview interviewees get a bad rap is that it's very easy to manipulate a substandard interview and right. go like, you know, I could stand here right now and say to you like, so Steve. Have you been like you know? And it, it's yeah. it's boring, but um, people think that's what interviews are about. Where actually the interviews are about thinking at the moment in time that something's going on. What the audience want to ask is kind of what you always need right. to think yeah. about. And so if you say something mm-hmm. interesting, and in a conversation, I'm going, oh, that's re-, like if I'm listening to this right now, and you yeah. say something like, oh, I used to be a Navy SEAL, and then the interviewer goes. Like that's great. Uh, so anyway, you you said you've got this uh, thing out right now, and yeah, I, I, my response would be, "What yeah. the hell? You're a Navy SEAL. Yeah. You've been in the Navy. What the yeah. hell?" I'd be like, <laughs> the obvious question is to say, which again everyone thinks is easiest, but to yeah. go, hang on a minute, that's really fascinating. Yeah. And I think you have question. to. Have, we and Ricky discuss this uh, socially, like as friends, all the time, mm. because you have to have the natural ability to want to know about what they're talking about. Mm. Like yeah. I'm, I'm insanely curious, yeah. and I think yeah. you have to have that, and that's why the. the you have to have talent to do this in that sense or natural ability and yeah. I think that's what I have in abundance is the ability to you've, you've seen yeah. me you've seen me in social gatherings as yeah, well yeah it's like, just amazing you um, know? and I mean another thing about this show um, I never knew yourself Stephen and I've met that. Ricky a couple of times but not really to speak to I get teary eyed you know and I just find I've built up a lot of friends yeah I met you, know, you, I friends, I met you, you know? briefly before didn't yeah, I yeah like, but we never really yeah. we never really spoke we've you know, got a really now, good rapport because we've yeah. been working together like this yeah, yeah. yeah and I've reached the point I'm happy to say this on the air is that when like I sort of see you in the green room and stuff it's like oh Steve like you know I have a nice it's a nice rapport you know and you're right that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been involved in the show because you know it, it bridges generational divides and everything, mm-hmm. so it's always yeah. it's always good in that sense. But yeah. anyway, um, in, I, and it was very nice what you said about me, which I really appreciate. No, I but mean it, that, but, it, but, um, but in terms of in terms of for your own your own personal edge, yeah. Um, what, what is there anything you want to name from the show? Like I know you've been interviewed on the show yeah, before. If you were to pick yeah. highlights, what, yeah, what would for, be yourself, for, you, yeah. for yourself. Um, the one thing that really stands out for me was when that guy came from the army and spoke about PTSD. Uh, we talked about this. Earlier, I mean, yeah. I was outside in the in the green room speaking to him and the conversation we yeah. had was just amazing and you that's had the other so thing, much knowledge because we had the studio chatting here but 
uh, if you were in the green room as well, you would have been equally, if not more, it was amazing. Amazing, of what, what amazing man. Was, yeah. And also, we mentioned it earlier. Which yeah. you were you at that show? Because that was the, was the dreaded show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the dreaded yeah. show? Of, um, the it was just hectic in the sense yeah. of the um, a lot of people from behind the scenes are mentally sound uh, were not av- not around, and yeah. we just it was just not it was just very very hard. Like, and we, we the fact that we pulled it out and got such a great segment like that, which mm. you've mentioned and we yeah. mentioned earlier, is really great. Well, Jason, so. that time he kind of drove the show home, didn't he? He like, was amazing. He gave, he gave it know? a climax. And I mean, like, I'd yeah. never met him, and the conversation yeah. we had it was just. Well, he, I knew briefly about yeah. him, and Jason, if you listen, by the way, you're a, you're, a, you're a big fans of yours. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was just utterly enthralling. He was. Yeah. An amazing man, and I must add, there was a little short interview I did, and it was with my mother. And now, oh, yeah. you know, and it was yeah. about what what's it like living with somebody with mental health problems. And my mother said she could never do anything around mm. radio, you know, and I did an interview with her, and that, yeah. that sort of was special to me. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, I remember once, like, uh, people came up to me, and I say, well, we must do the news, but but just to end on this is just to say, when I, when I did my podcast, I actually did an episode with my mum, because uh, oh, it was about, um, it was uh, the week of Parkinson week, which my mum has oh, Parkinson's. Right, right. And I said to my mum, like, I think it would be kind of fun to kind of people to meet my mom on, on front through my podcast and also to have her talk about it because uh, one of the things I gave her immense credit for is that which is probably why I'm encouraged to talk about bipolar disorder mm-hmm. as open as I do is that when she got Parkinson she went through the period of time of like not knowing how to handle it right, but right. then um, I think I always give her immense credit for the fact that she's now part part of Parkinson's UK people know who she she's is amazing. and amazing. she really does. Uh, put the the time in to kind of let people be aware of how she copes with it and mm-hmm. people being more aware she goes to she goes to more campaigns than i do so you know she deserves huge credit for that mm-hmm. that's fantastic. um so yeah i i do credit her greatly for kind of giving me the, the the confidence to go okay you've got something the best thing you can do is talk about it openly which is what i'm doing so brilliant, brilliant. anyway so that's great well thank you so much steve and like as i say let's try and get another mm-hmm. great mental health news segment mm-hmm. on the go yeah. so please tell me first uh, the first thing that I, i've been made aware of is that on facebook there's this story going around that uh, a student went into a big supermarket chain in Cambridge and was wanting to buy a bottle of vodka for her friend's reunion or party. And apparently she had scars on her arms and as soon as the cashier saw the scars on her arms, she was refused the bottle Mm -hmm. of vodka. Mm -hmm. The cashier said, I can't serve you, I'm sorry, because of Mm -hmm. your arms. Mm -hmm. So the girl actually asked to speak to somebody in management and was told yeah. that there was nobody about yeah. but now apparently it's kicked up a big storm on Facebook and I just think stigma like that should mm. be stopped mm. uh, very do you think very this relates to something that staff might be told about certain things they've got to look out for because I know is it, for example, you know, when you when you go buy paracetamols, you can't buy more than one. Was it how many you're not allowed to buy at one time? Mm-hmm. You, you like can only t- buy uh, 32, but you can get 100 off your doctor. Yeah, it's, that's it's, right. Yeah. It's bizarre, it's isn't bizarre, it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can always come yeah. back another time during the day. Do you know what? I, I, I want to answer. I want to. They fascinated me when you brought this up yeah. in the green room. Yeah. Is that because um, again we don't pr- we don't plan on our reactions, mm-hmm. but um, he mentioned that he's going to bring this up because it got me thinking. I, w- I want to know what you guys yeah. think in really because I'm going to answer that with a question. Right. What would happen? If that story was the same as you described, but mm-hmm. instead of it being a scar, the, she, the the girl went up to the cashier crying her eyes out, would it mm. have the same reaction? Mm. Because the reason yeah, I bring that up question. as a really good comparison is mm-hmm. it always seems to come down to if you see a physical thing as opposed to a mental one, is it going to be treated? Is it going to be treated the same yeah. way? I guess is the mm. the point I'm leading to. Mm-hmm. But I guess from that point of view, what I'd say on that regard is that you can understand 
whether it's right or wrong, you can sort of understand their their worry. But again, it's it's the I guess the argument is. Are you in, are you impeaching on a person's mm. individual right to go and buy something mm. like that yeah. because it's legal to do so? And mm. I, I don't know what you guys what do you guys I think mean, about but, the but the thing about it is, um, Stephen, uh-huh. um, when it went on to Facebook and people were responding, some other person came on and said, "Was it such and such? Did she look like this?" The cash, the person that oh, served so you, and it's to... happened before. Oh, right. And apparently, since then, they've spoken to the management of this. Supermarket, oh, yeah. and that's not their policy to do that. Okay, okay. so it's just so, really so it was a personal so, choice. Ah, the, yeah. the, so the it was an individual. It was an individual decision. member okay. of staff. Mm. Okay, yeah. which is interesting because yeah. I guess if you were doing that as a friend, I guess you would be regarded as of someone course, being yeah. caring. Yeah, understandable. But yeah, but yeah. The, the fact it was a transaction between a customer and a yeah, and a, tap- and a thing. Then, but, yeah. the, but it's it's two sides, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because at yeah. the same time, you're you're judging. The person you're serving and, and whether you're, you're making yeah. a judgment. I also think you know? the problem with that example is that when people kind of want to find out more information about that, one of the things that they'll probably want to do is they'll try and um, justify that by trying to find out if that person did have an issue. Yeah. And then if yeah. they did, they'll go, oh, see, she yeah. did the right thing. Yeah. Whereas, again, I just think, see, I don't know what you guys think, but I'll just say I'm, all, I'm, also, I'm almost like a libertarian in the sense of that I think everyone should have the right of, I'm pro-choice. Right, so right. I think if you choose, if you want to do that, regardless of which situation, and you're uh, able-minded person enough to do that, I, I think you should be within your rights to go and yeah. do that because. You but know. I'll just throw this one in because I know with with something like alcoholism, if I bring up an example of say someone like George Best, mm. the fa- his family went through, um, particularly his wife. Um, went round all the nearby Alex, wasn't it? pubs, yeah, yeah and supermarkets, yeah. and told them specifically if he comes in, don't serve him. Yeah, yeah. so you could see that side to yeah. him. Yeah, you know but again, but, but again, that's because he's a famous person, and yeah. you know who he is, and you know his circumstances. Mm. Sorry, but just to add to that as well, Ricky. I mean, I was a self harmer for over twenty yeah. years. I've yeah. got scars on my arms, yeah. and if I buy something over the counter in a shop and I've got a T-shirt on, I do get that sort of reaction, yeah, you know? Yeah, but yeah. again, well, that's why yeah. it's a great example. Yeah. I, was, see, I'm, yeah, I was waiting for you to bring it up because I was, didn't yeah. know if you were comfortable about it. But um, but it's just, it's just, that's a really good argument because my point is, what if, for example, if I can use you as an example, yeah, of is, course. is that if you go to a supermarket and you, you're celebrating a person's birthday and you're in a general good mood, yeah. if, they, if you go up to them and go, I'm buying this and you forget you're wearing a T-shirt and you, they may see something, mm-hmm. Is it may bring you back to a depression of what it feels like by the fact they're reminding you of it mm-hmm. rather of than you're trying to celebrate yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think the the, the counter argument yeah. of it so being it dangerous could become a trigger yeah. and yeah. it could set you off again. Because yeah. yeah. the thing yeah. as well, yeah. Ricky, is I and mean, it means you're being stigmatized. Yeah, yeah I mean, if I yeah. bought alcohol for somebody and somebody seen the scars on my arms and refused to serve me, yeah. I don't actually drink myself because I had a problem with that. Oh as yeah, well. I know that. But so yeah. it's just yeah. sort of making an impression of somebody, mm-hmm. isn't it? But again, I would feel my individual rights as an individual were being were being abused there because I still think you know there's nothing stopping you if you were comfortable enough to go oh I'm going to buy my friend a birthday present oh I know she likes whiskey and if you felt comfortable like the fact that you can't buy buy it because of what you went through I think is ludicrous so So was the reaction on Facebook largely positive or in favour yeah Um, yeah. what was the reaction there was a lot of um, support for this girl good you know and I I was expecting you to say the opposite no no I actually sent her a bit of a message of support myself because I I I know exactly how she feels you know and it's just judging somebody you don't know the story behind the girl you know and it's interesting po- yeah. just adds to the stigma doesn't it, it does, the definitely yeah. yeah cool okay next point yeah the next one um, you may find hard to believe but the government and the DWP 
are trying to put um, job advisors in doctor surgeries. Yeah. So I suppose when you're in the waiting room, you'll have somebody there. This was there huge on Twitter. I'm a bit yeah. of a tw- Twitterer myself, and this, the reaction to this was huge. But was it jobs on prescription? There was That's a hashtag, right, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, what's happening is um, doctors are saying it's going to break down that trust mm-hmm. they have with their patients because mm-hmm. a doctor's ethics are to do, in inverted commas, no mm-hmm. harm. Yeah. And I mean, if you're unwell and you're sitting in the doctor's surgery, the last thing you want is somebody to come up and try and get you back to work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I just wondered what you thought about that. Well, I mean, if, if, if that WWP, DWP member, I mean, the likelihood is that probably, I don't know, are they, do you know if they're sitting there on randomly or do they have access to, to that person's files who they, they get to talk to? I would to? imagine I mean, they'll have access, Ricky, because... I think the way things are going, can you imagine if you had a fire in your house and you rang up and yeah. it was 999, emergency yeah. service, somebody saying, have you got a job? Yeah, before they exactly, even exactly. ask what the yeah. problem is. But you know before that, yeah. can we just get your details about what you're currently yeah. yeah. But I mean, in terms of, um, <laughs> and we have to be careful what we say sometimes, but yeah. you know, we know of the, the, the mistakes and the, the benefit sanctions which yeah. have led people to yes. become suicidal. Yeah, and, and some people know, have even took their own lives. Have, and, have know, done, it, yes. It's, but it's again, the, I, I would say in relation to mental health, which I don't think said enough, I say this till I'm almost blue in the face, is that the thing that I guess annoys me about what you just said in regards to that is is that it's almost like they don't treat mental health and your capability as the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I always make the argument mm-hmm. of a person who has mental health issues, I know Ricky will agree with me on this, is that it's all about how capable you are as an individual yeah. and if you are yeah. suffering with your mental health you're a very incapable person yeah, less definitely. so than you are a normal person so this idea of you're making a decision not to work it's not you're not well enough to work exactly. that's, that's the biggest difference of course. so it annoys me when they kind of think that mental health is like uh, like you, you're you're deciding to be unwell I, mm-hmm. I hate that attitude. well I know from personal um, friends who are physically disabled they yeah. are being treated very badly and, they are? and then yeah. In comparison to people with mental health issues, I think the problem must be ten times worse. Well, yeah, regard, I, I guess really in a yeah. nutshell, it's that they don't think physical health has any correlation with mental mm-hmm. health, and mm-hmm. I think that's completely. There's enough. There's so much evidence to say that's that's complete rubbish. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there you go. Anyway, yeah. one quick one. And um, the last one was um, there's a, been a report put out now that antidepressants are labelled unsafe. <sighs> Yeah, has been. I'm glad you brought that, that up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a recent and, story, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah. The, there's a reason behind that. Um, because you've got the government have got no cash, or so they say they haven't, and universities have got no cash to do research. Yeah. And what's happening is multinational corporations mm-hmm. that have got financial backing mm-hmm. are producing these tablets. Big farmers, big yeah, also yeah. known as big farmer, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just frightening, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I totally you know? agree because I think one of the one of the things that, and as a sub sub context to that, is mm-hmm. that. Um, I used to have arguments with people who would take antidepressants to basically lie about them being sick and go, yeah. oh, I just take these things and I get like free money and all this kind yeah. of thing. They, they think that they, they what worries me about that is not only the attitude of doing that, but as you say, people think just taking antidepressants is going to be a quick fix for their problems mm, exactly. and think, and think it's going to have no repercussions. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, there's, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no, problems with taking it and any anybody because it can i think the best way of describing this i don't know whether you guys agree is saying if you're not got a mental health problem but taking antidepressant it can lead to having one yeah uh, or, at least or yeah. at least having the symptoms of having one so yeah. that's why you make the original totally, symptoms worse yeah. this should have happened yeah. far far sooner yeah. and um, another thing is if you want to come off the antidepressants that's another story yeah. again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and 
I must reiterate. I'm sh- mm-hmm. I'm sure we've dealt with GP- GPs a lot, a lot of times, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of in relation to what you said about the job thing as well. Mm-hmm. Is that GPs go there and their job is to give you a diagnosis about what's wrong with you? So how they usually solve a mental health issue mm-hmm. is they give you an antidepressant, yeah. but it's the only thing practically they can do there and then. Yeah, you've got to be very, very careful with that. Because you see, the where I stand is, is it's like there's so many ways of tackling someone's uh, issue. And what this sort of popping pill culture to me says mm-hmm. is that cognitive therapy and uh, token therapy there's no just there's no enough out there which could be more useful to that and person. And the waiting list as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and cuts know. to services. It all yeah. it all builds up. Cool. So the the, the popping pill culture just becomes a lot worse, course, and it yeah. just dishes them out. Awesome, willy nilly. Yeah. Great, great stories. Thanks so much, Steve, for coming. Uh, Steve, thanks once great again. Great to have you yeah. again, thanks yeah. And uh, he has too many more shows with your good self. Yeah. Um, are you coming to the, um, are you going to come to the reward, the reward I thing? actually can't make that because I work <sighs> freelance, you know, and uh, I, I don't uh, get um, paid if I don't work. He's a busy so man, he's in demand. I know, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Well, anyway, um, but <laughs> thank yeah. you. Oh, well, anyway, thank you. Hugh, thank you for being on, Steve, thanks. and uh, you're, very, you're obviously welcome any back anytime, and thank, thank you. And happy one year anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks. Yeah, right, uh, we're going to do a quick song and have a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking to Jeremy Grapes. Grips is it Grips or Grapes? How do you say it? Grips. Um, who's going to be here to talk about children northeast, and uh, we'll be right back talking to him on Mentally Sam right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. Um, but thank you so much to everyone who's tuning in so far, listening to Mentally Sound right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. If you want to contact us, you can do so at, at underscore mentally sound and mentally sound radio at gmail.com. We have been celebrating the fact that we are one year old today, um, which we've obviously mentioned throughout the show. So we're going to uh, touch on that probably a little bit more heading towards the end of hour two. But we have a guest in the studio. Um, which uh, I know Ricky was instrumental in getting on board, so I'm going to just say who he is. And I'll let Ricky kind of take over. Um, but first of all, welcome, Jeremy, to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, if you could just lean a little bit further into the mic, that would be great. Okay. Um, but yeah, welcome. Um, you are here from Children's Northeast, is that correct? It's Children Northeast. Children, Northeast. Children, yeah, okay. not okay, Children. No, no. Yeah, okay. So yeah, Children's Northeast, which has been going 125 years. That's exactly right. Whoa, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's well old. Yeah. <laughs> Much older than me. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yes. Um, so yeah, obviously we can talk about your role within that organisation, okay. uh, and uh, obviously we'll talk about how Ricky got to know you because it's about, about about a blog post, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Um, but first of all, if you could just explain what your role entails and a little bit more about about the um, about the actual company itself, I guess. Okay, well, Children Northeast um, is a children's charity. Mm-hmm. It started here in Newcastle in 1891, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what we do is support uh, children and young people um, who are in some kind of trouble. Um, and we work with their families, we work with them in schools, we work in mm-hmm. the, with them in communities as well. But these days, an awful lot of the issues that these young people mm-hmm. face have to do with emotional well-being mm-hmm. um, uh, and how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your role within that? Uh, um, I'm a chief executive, okay. so it's, it's a, a kind of reasonable-sized organisation. We have about 45 staff, cool. we've got over 100 volunteers, most of whom mm-hmm. are actually young people. Um, who uh, who mentor mm-hmm. um, other young people in, in some kind of need? You know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what I always find interesting because I've actually worked for charities before, which people know haven't listened to this, um, is people say the, the the title chief executive. Yeah. And, like, everyone's like, what What does that actually mean? Like, are you, do you well, are you a chieftain from an African tribe? Uh, but I'm being I'm being jovial here. But what I actually mean is like, can you just describe in I guess in a nutshell what a chief executive is like? I guess yeah, a regular day for you. 
Um, okay, well, the buck stops with me. I mean, anything mm-hmm. that goes on um, uh, is is, uh, is my responsibility at the end mm-hmm. of the day, and I'm accountable to the board of trustees, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and they they hold the whole charity, the whole organisation mm-hmm. in trust yeah. for the children to make sure that we do the right things by okay. the children, yeah. um, and uh, they they have to be accountable to the charity commission and file accounts and reports and that kind of thing. Um, but just this week, um, every Friday afternoon, I write a an email to all the staff, um, just kind of, this is what's been going on in the organisation this week. And I was just thinking about some of the things that have been, uh, um, I was writing it before I came in, that, um, for example, um, we had a, a safeguarding uh, committee, and we're looking at all our safeguarding practice to make sure that everything yeah. we do, uh, make sure that children are safe, that, mm. uh, uh, that children aren't bullied by anybody, um, those kinds of things. Sometimes children are harmed, that we come into co- contact with children who are harmed, and we have to report that to the authorities. Another thing that happened during the course of the week is that um, we want to make sure that everything that we do is really kind of led by what the children say. Mm -hmm. Um, And although we're very good at listening to what children have to say about the services that Mm -hmm. we offer, Mm -hmm. we're much less good at them telling us what the organisation as a whole should be doing. For example, the way in which we uh, talk about children, Mm -hmm. the way in which we depict them in the media, that kind of thing. And it's um, not just about children themselves. You also look at the wider context within the family. So yes, we do. If, if the, the parents themselves might be vulnerable or have mental health issues. That's right. Yeah. So how do you go about approaching that in, in, in what context? Okay, well, we have um, a, a service that runs in Gateshead currently okay. mm-hmm. um, that's for families where the parents might have mental health problems mm-hmm. uh, and maybe other difficulties as well, yeah. mm-hmm. um, like domestic violence, that sure, kind of sure, thing. Sure. They may have difficulties um, being a good parent, mm-hmm. or being a good parent as they'd, they'd like to be to their mm-hmm. own children. Mm-hmm. And we can work with families like that very intensively yeah. Yeah. to put them in touch with uh, local services um, that can support them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's often very difficult for people to find those things for themselves. Sure. Um, and also for the family itself to learn better ways of relating to one another and, and helping and supporting mm. one another as mm. well, from the children's point of view as well as the adults' point of so view. So do you solely look out for those issues yourselves or do you rely on people approaching, approaching your, your, your charity? Um, a bit, with that particular uh, service, they're, they're referred by, um, uh, by other professionals. Okay. Does that include schools? and? Um, it would more likely to be um, health professionals, health okay, um, right. social services, okay. children's services, that kind of yeah. thing as well. But other things, you know, we take self-referrals. So we have a, a counselling service mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. up on the West Road mm-hmm. um, for young people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can self-refer there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at our project called the West End Youth Inquiry Service, otherwise mm-hmm. known as Ways, and it's right opposite the bowling alley um, nice, on yeah. West Road. I'm from the West End as well, so I know it very well. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would just say in relation to what interests me as you guys are talking in, in regards to your role, um, I always like enjoy asking this question because, you know, with us talking about mental health on this show a lot, we talk about different disorders and various other things like that. In relation to sort of the help that you provide, from your experience, um, like how long have you been doing your, your job for? I guess, I've been in this job for nearly seven years. Okay, yeah. so during that period of time, and maybe your ex- just your experiences before then, how much do you think it's changed in regards to yeah. you know the, the help people receive on a whole, would you say, looking back? Uh, has it gotten better? Has it got it worse? Or? 
I, I think the ways in which people have helped are much improved. Mm-hmm. We understand a great deal more about how um, children develop, mm-hmm. um, about emotional atta- mm-hmm. importance, importance of emotional attachments uh, to to their parents, um, and the kinds of um, support that's offered. You know, things like CBT and that kind yeah. of thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that service I was talking about that we have for parents in Gateshead Mm -hmm. we've got some really skilled staff who Mm -hmm. are able to Mm -hmm. do very clever stuff Mm -hmm. so that's all changed Um, uh, uh, during the time I've been involved in this Mm -hmm. um, and that goes on quite a number of years now Mm -hmm. Um, but um, uh, you know the the statutory services are very very stretched these days Um, so So you you are aware of like local cuts happening and therefore more people are are approaching you in that that respect yes that's right I mean we see that and and, um, the the kind of degree of um, the seriousness of the Mm -hmm. issues that Mm -hmm. that people face and and come to us now are are much more serious now than they used to be because they used to be able to get that kind of support from the the local authority or the health services, and, mm-hmm. that, and that's not so possible as it used to be. Is it fair to say, from from what you just said, in in regards to how you can handle the demand, can you? Ha- I mean, I guess that's my question: is that can you handle the 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 amount of people you're getting now, or is it a case of you, you're sort of saying we do the best we can, but it would be better if if there was more opportunity, like more availability for help? I guess we do. We always do the best we can. Of course, and yeah. if, if we can't help, then we'll try and put uh, people in touch with other people who mm. can. Yeah, um, and um, we'll do things like you know, if if there's a, going to be a bit of a waiting list for for counselling, which would only be a few weeks anyway. Yeah. then mm. we try and do some group work instead with mm-hmm. those young people, for example. So you find it an alternative. So we find other like, ways of yeah. being which able is to good. You don't um, leave them away. And I think them. that's that's a strength of the voluntary sector yeah. uh, as a whole that totally we can be much more mm-hmm. flexible in the way we respond to things, much mm-hmm. much quicker than I think the local authorities find themselves. And I read on your on your website that mentoring plays a big part within mentoring is a very big part. Yeah. yeah. So is this in terms of helping vulnerable kids achieve whatever they want to, to do in their in their young lives and aspiration wise and. Yes, um, in, in like career building as well in some respects, which we probably wouldn't have thought was possible through. Yeah, our starting point with everybody is what they need for themselves, okay. rather than what somebody else thinks they ought to be doing. Right. Okay. So with young people, um, they would come to us because of uh, you know being bullied at school, mm. of falling out with parents, mm. of. Um, uh, being very isolated yeah. for one reason or another, those kinds of things. Mm. Uh, but the kind of objectives that they'd want, uh, you know, to be able to lose some weight, to be able to get involved in a club or a mm. social activity, mm. um, to be able to have a better relationship with their parents, whatever it is, yeah. we'll work uh, we'll work on that mm. with them, and that's what the mentor. Will we help we, them we with. did a little piece on bullying before. I mean, as you as you're aware, that social media plays a lot in young people's lives. Yeah. Has, uh, have you seen an increase in in bullying? The alignment there between, you know, online bullying, cyberbullying, that kind of thing. It's it's a huge, huge problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always been bullying. Mm. I, I personally think there's more bullying now than there used to be. Um, mm. 
uh, I think we're all much more kind of competitive with one another mm. and slightly more that. cruel with one another. Peer uh, pressure, that's sort of peer pressure, that yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's ev- sadly particularly evident amongst young people. Mm-hmm. But whereas it formally, you know, you might get a, a, a really rough time at school, you could then go home and be safe. You yeah. can't send email off because yeah. if you're online, yeah. it carries on 24 yeah, hours absolutely. a day yeah. um, through the night as well. Yeah. And uh, that, that's really tough. Really and I think, tough. I think on the back of that, and there's a lot of sort of research to suggest this is the case, is that um, as you've seen with bullying, you said it's worse than it is because I guess the internet plays a part in this because um, you can have an, uh, an anonymous voice in terms of how you... Uh, there seems to be a lack of a consequence on the internet, yeah. which is the thing that... You know that people are trying to solve like for example you know i'm not singling these out because there's a bunch of examples but youtube for example used to do this thing where you have to you could be anonymous and just say what you wanted whereas now you have to sign in the comment which means you yeah. have to have at least a name so yes. then they can yeah. check they can at least ban the account or anything yeah. like that you know so they can actually yeah. do something mm-hmm. about it so um i think it's because of that though that the fact that there's an element of you can be behind a screen and not in front of somebody mm-hmm. means that it gives people more of a of a strength of of being cruel like you say and mm-hmm. saying whatever they want because there's less of a consequence is that something you teach um, online skills and how to deal with uh, potential threats of that sort yes uh with with young people uh coming to the drop in uh where that's yeah. one of the things mm-hmm. that the workers there will uh, will pay some attention right. to yeah Okay. Because I think that's really, really key. Because yeah. I think it's it must be a sort of self-taught thing that they behave this way. That they must find other examples of this. So if you yes. stop that happening yes. and teach them how to properly behave, yeah. Um, I'm speaking. I guess the re- I guess to provide the context is I, I worked for a youth worker for a number of years. So, okay. um, one of the things that came up a lot mm-hmm. about how we deal with that kind of thing and how yeah. to deal with bullying on a on a on an online sense and in a practical sense. So yeah. it's something mm-hmm. I I, yeah. I care strongly about. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but bullying is, a, is actually discrimination. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's illegal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And the <laughs> fact that we tolerate it is, yeah. is what annoys me. It's yeah. a, I, and and uh, as someone who's worked in schools before as well, is that they they're very reluctant to help the victim as much as they used to be. Mm-hmm. I can speak from this in terms of when I was growing up. That when I I got bullied a little bit, but I, my schools were great. I just went and told them. They told the. The, the children and said you know there's going to be consequences if you do this and it stopped yeah. um, I see that less and less now well, which is just um, on that point because I know through through friends of mine that um, when they, their child's have been bullied they, they've been really disappointed in the way the schools tackle it also on local comm services have you had experience of that disappointment in, in sort of well, services well, which are meant to be there to help which aren't there yeah it, it's slightly wider than this uh, one of the things that uh, we've developed and uh, and delivered to schools is a thing we call poverty proofing the school day uh-huh. uh, one of the sources of bullying in schools is children who don't have as much money as others and everybody knows right, it okay. um, so what we'll do is uh, um, uh, an audit with the whole school we'll talk, try and talk to all the children in the school mm-hmm. we'll do some training with the governors and the yeah. teachers as well talk to some parents if we can too mm-hmm. and we'll find out all the things that the school does mm-hmm. um, often completely unconsciously mm-hmm. that really single out kids mm-hmm. uh, as being different because mm-hmm. they haven't got as much money as the others yeah. um, so we're, what we're trying to do mm-hmm. is kind of tackle that discrimination 
discrimination mm. based on poverty in the yeah. school. I, I, as someone who's from a working class family, I get that. I, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Mm. Um, unfortunately, we've run out of time. We could talk to you forever. Again, great guest. Well yeah, done, Ricky. Yeah. It was a great guest. Thank you so much for coming in. Uh, just, we always like to say to people before people leave where where we can find you for more information. So, yeah. are, okay. are you? I, I know we just dissed the online community, but like, <laughs> the, uh, the internet has its uses. As someone okay. who's the internet all the time, like you know. But your, your latest blog piece is on that on the website itself, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, our, our website is uh, children-ne.org.uk. Uh, okay. You can find out about all the things that we do on the website, mm-hmm. and like you say, yes, uh, my blogs are on there as which well. Which is what Absolutely, Ricky yeah. saw, yeah, which okay. is cool. And um, do you have a social media presence? Are they on? Are you yes, on we're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter too. Mm-hmm. Do you know the Twitter Twitter handle? Uh, I'm, I'm a Twitter user, so I was like, uh, <laughs> I think it's at children ne. It's at children ne. Yeah. That's okay, right. Yeah. And Great. Facebook is children northeast. Brilliant. Well, I encourage people to go and check out your stuff. And uh, thanks so much for coming in. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Um, Right, we're going to take a quick break. And then uh, we're going to have Andrew from Citizens Advice Bureau joining us uh, for an interview. And I'm going to play a little song to end the show, which is really cool. An acoustic, little acoustic thing. Uh, But until then, we're going to play a little quick uh, quick song by Chris Cornell. Are you a fan of him? Oh, Soundgarden. Yes, from Soundgarden fame. This is a song he did for James Bond called You Know My Name, which I happen to like. Taking me back to my grungy days. Yes, indeed. But I like like this James one song it's pretty cool but huge thanks huge thank you for being on and uh, we'll be right back very soon on mentally sound right here on gravity radio in office Welcome everybody to uh, Mentally Sound uh, right here on Gravity Radio Northeast. I don't know what there's some sort of shouting in the corridor, but apologise if you heard that. Nothing to do with us. Uh, yeah, not. Yeah, we, I was here the whole time, Ricky. Um, is, yeah, so I'd say this was, that was Chris Cornell with You Know My Name, obviously from uh, the James Bond. Uh, it was from Casino Royale, wasn't it? I think, yeah. Um, mm. Which is a really, really great song. Highly recommend. Chris Cornell, I'm a huge fan of, so I recommend you check out these stuff. Yeah, not that he needs me, need me to say that, mm. <laughs> but there you go. Um, huge thank you, obviously, to Jeremy, uh, who was our guest previously, as well as David, who was on an hour one that was really some really cool interviews but um he had to welcome i should apologize first of all because i said before the inter- before the show start and um, is a prequel to this is that I said Andrew was coming from Citizen Advice Bureau and he suddenly changed uh, gender uh, <laughs> and, and I was like what what happened there uh, but yeah so I apologise uh, Ricky did tell me that Shona from Citizen Advice Bureau was coming in and said so hello Shona hello uh, thank you so much for coming on uh, especially welcome. short notice like I just said um, but yeah as I said she's here from Citizen Advice Bureau so we're obviously going to talk about that in relation to mental health in particular um, but first of all which makes a lot of sense uh, is to ask you first of all what's your sort of job entail involved in that, uh, I right. guess it's a good way of starting. Right. Well, I'm chief executive of uh, Citizens Advice Newcastle. Ooh, second and, one today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've we've been running advice in Newcastle for over 70 years. We were Very set nice. up in 1939, mm. uh, just as the Second World War was happening. And it was actually a government initiative to try and help mm. people through the war years. Mm-hmm. But here in Newcastle, um, it, was, it was fantastic as it always is. Local people getting together, mm. deciding how best to help each other. Uh, and so that's really where we we came from. And of course, mm. everybody would think, well, after the war, that's fine. Everything, no problems are solved, yeah, everybody's yeah. back together again, but actually yeah. it was worse than ever, yeah. uh, because families have been split apart, people have mm-hmm. terrible injuries coming back, to no homes uh, all of that, and, and wow. huge poverty problems, so mm-hmm. we've kept going mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. so here we are 70 odd years later, and we're still doing really much the same, we're all very local, we're all heavily dependent on volunteers, fantastic yes. volunteers mm-hmm. that give up days and days and days of the time to help other people, and the service is completely free Mm-hmm. And it's completely confidential, and it's absolutely um, it responds to what people really need. 
That's great. Could you say it's it's citizens' advice now? Have you dropped the bureau bit at the end? Is that ah, it? no, then yes. Yeah, sorry, I said that. No, no, I no, because I, I made the same didn't. mistake. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, they, they did some market research nationally. They did some market research, and right. uh, and they decided that bureau was a bit confusing. Okay. I mean, it's a bit difficult to spell for a start, <laughs> and um, it's it sounds a bit odd. Yeah. Uh, so yes, but what what people do recognise is of course CAB. Yeah. Uh, so we're not really that bothered about getting rid of the B, right, but the yeah. bureau doesn't mean that much to people. So mm. what we've decided is we should really be Citizens Advice Newcastle, mm. which is calm. And, yeah, and right. that exactly sums up, you know, yeah, we can. Whatever yeah. the problem is, we can help good, you to do something slogan, about yeah. it. That makes sense because I guess Bureau, the only thing I can think of outside of you is like the F- FBI, isn't, isn't yeah. the B mean yeah. Bureau and FBI? That's only yeah. the only thing I gather. Federal Bureau Investigation. Yeah, Federal Bureau Investigation. Yeah. So yeah, that's, but no, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It may, that may seem like, I bet there's probably like about 15 meetings <laughs> to kind of decide, is that really what we're going to do? Like, you know, yeah. and we're sitting here going, yeah, it's a good idea. And they're like, the hours spent debilitating this, but yeah. Mm. Um, but no, that's interesting. So um, I guess because I wanted to ask in relation because you said you got volunteers that, mm. that um, because um, uh, uh, Jeremy mentioned this mm-hmm. in the last interview, which I think is a very important point to bring up because mm-hmm. I totally agree on this. Is do you think that the fact that you have a volunteership helping run your mm-hmm. your um, your bureau is uh, <laughs> yeah you get stuck with that I'm word. Sorry, so I know. Used to, no, no, it's I know, fine. Sorry, it's but fine. I'm, just, I'm joking about it. But um, is do you think though because volunteers by definition want to be there mm-hmm. so the fact that they want to be there and want to help you can mm-hmm. make that sort of assumption for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. does that you think that makes a big difference in terms of the, the right people to help people mm-hmm. especially vulnerable people which is essentially what we're talking about here yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um, a lot of our volunteers do it because they've seen someone who's benefited from the, the service that we exactly, offer yeah. or they've been through it themselves they've been you know they've been out of, out of money they've been out of a job they've had some horrible thing happen to them in their lives and a lot of them say well how can I pay back Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can do a bit of voluntary work and uh, and that's and take it from there. So we have about seventy five volunteers, okay. uh, and without them, the service just couldn't open. We just couldn't open the doors, mm-hmm. and um, and some come in um, every day. Some come in just you know, say once a fortnight, and we're grateful to whatever time people have to spend. It's absolutely fantastic. So in. I suppose to, to to give people a picture, um, if you were to take ten cases out of how many of them ten would be as a result of underlying mental health problems, in your opinion? Well, there'll probably be about three of those cases that have got mental health issues mm. associated with them, particularly mm. when it comes to people with debts, yeah. because debt is a huge cause mm. of mental anxiety, stress, mm. uh, and, and most people who come to us with debt problems will say, I'm not sleeping, mm. I'm having difficulty um, thinking about anything else, and, and I'm worried about what's going to happen next week. Mm. I've got bailiffs knocking on the door, I've got loan shark problems, mm. I've got all this going on. So mm. obviously that takes a toll on mental health, Absolutely, and we yeah. see that every day, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. I'm like that with money regardless. Like mm. If I'm not even in debt, I worry about mm. money. It's like it's such an important part of life. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because the last thing people will ever talk about is money. Mm. They will tell you the whole life story. They'll tell you everything, politics, religion, everything. They'll talk about that way above, oh, don't talk about money. <laughs> uh, I guess it's a taboo in itself, it's isn't it? It's a huge taboo. Yeah. yeah. That's and an interesting point. Yeah. And debt's even worse because it's somehow, if you're in debt, you're, you're somehow a failure. You're a failure yeah. And so you bottle it all up. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you can do with debt. Mm-hmm. The most important thing to do with debt is admit you're not coping, get help mm-hmm. soon, mm-hmm. and get rid of the problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, yeah. Do you see the situation on a twofold basis? What I mean is, is that someone could come in with debt problems as a result of underlying mental health situation, mm-hmm. but also if they originally had the debt issue to start mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. that could then result in a mental health mm-hmm. issue in itself. So it, 
It's a kind of a vicious cycle that way, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, they tend to feed off, off each other. Or each other, um, yeah. And things like losing a job. You know, mm. things can change very quickly. Yeah. Um, or you just lose a bit of overtime mm. or, you know, the car breaks down and you get into debt. You, mm. You're struggling. And um, and things just spiral out of control very quickly. And I imagine you deal with other th- things like addiction as well. And we deal with that. We deal with things like gambling addictions in yeah. particular. They can be difficult. Um, mm. Slot machines, mm-hmm. you know, um, bingo. We mm-hmm. see all of that, all mm-hmm. of that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, people sometimes get addicted to shopping online. They get addicted to catalogue shopping. Yeah. Um, and they just, you know, they, they never sit and think, well, where's my money going? You know, nobody ever sits there and says, right, how much money have I got coming yeah. in? What am I spending it on? Yeah. And what's left at the end? And that's basically, that's the fundamental thing we so always what's, do. So what's an example of what you could sort of deal in that situation then? Well, sometimes we just sit people down and work out where their money's going, and yeah. they're spending money that they don't even realise, yeah. and they've got subscriptions to gyms. Well, when's mm. the last time you were in the gym? <laughs> that's, oh. the re- that's the whole reason they do oh, it. Oh, that way. Yeah. And I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll fess up that I um, actually had a look at how much I was paying for insurance, yeah. Yeah. and mm. I managed to, to get insurance a third of the price I was mm. paying. Mm-hmm. And that's all because the, the companies just hike up the price every year, mm. and if you don't watch it, you mm-hmm. know they just mm-hmm. say, well, as a loyal customer, right, we'll get another 50 quid on that, yeah. on that bill. Yeah. And before you know it, you know, you think, well, how much we're paying? So you don't get much for loyalty when it comes to buying things yeah. and you've got to really yeah. shop around yeah. um, now that's easier for some people than others but what we mm-hmm. do um, is, is help people to find the best mm-hmm. deals mm-hmm. so we're doing a, a campaign at the moment mm-hmm. on energy best deal mm-hmm. and that's where you know even if you stay with the same company they'll say oh well actually you know this is the best deal but they probably mm-hmm. have a, a different tariff mm-hmm. that, that you don't know about but if you ask them can I shift to that tariff you probably yeah. save yourself money yeah. so we can help with all of that um, and uh, it, again it's a free service and it's, it's totally confidential mm-hmm. That's, I mean, yeah, it's 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 funny you say that because as as you were describing that, I was thinking of the fact that I'm aware of having bipolar disorders. That um, part of part of um, a sort of, I guess, a symptom of that, or at least I'm aware of it. It may be a personality thing as well. Is that um, I definitely have an addictive personality. Like mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. what I what I'm, I'm always very very. Um, grateful that I don't have like a gambling addiction or anything yeah. like that because I've seen that firsthand mm-hmm. and and how hard that is to get rid of because mm-hmm. we I, I'm I'm not obviously name going to name names but actually mm-hmm. my friend Wayne who's in the green room right now will 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 know who I'm talking about is when we worked at YMCA there was a guy who volunteered mm-hmm. for us and we actually found out had a, a gambling addiction mm-hmm. and we witnessed this on it when we actually like had a social gathering and mm-hmm. he couldn't get past the slot machines mm-hmm. like he just would stare at them like mm-hmm. you know like the mm-hmm. whole time mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's just a very interesting topic. And, mm-hmm. But it, but uh, on a on an objective level, but obviously there's real people having real problems in oh, the back yeah, of it. So yeah. the fact that you got to take, treat this seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but it's not just the debt side of it. We deal with the, the benefit side as well for people. Of course, yeah. There are huge changes happening to to the, the welfare system, and a lot of people are very confused about mm. what they should be claiming and how to go about it. So we do all that kind of work, and then there's all the other things like housing and mm. uh, employment. Uh, we do work on immigration and I've definitely asylum used, and refugees. I've definitely used you before because yeah, I've 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 been on benefit system before mm. and everything else, and so mm. it's you're right. It can be you know I feel like I'm a well-read and university graduate, mm. but I even I, I'm like reading it going, you know I can only imagine someone who's not mm. got an educated mm. got an education trying to read these things mm. going yeah. It's, it's a lot of technical jargon which they have yeah. to get their heads around, don't they? It's very technical. A lot of it's now got, you've got to do it either over the phone or you've got to do it online. Yeah. And uh, and we know that it can take you over an hour to get through sometimes mm. to mm. government agencies to things mm. like the tax office to yeah. work out your your tax. And credit. if you get something wrong within that, mm-hmm. might delay you getting the money or anything mm. like that. Because yeah. I've had issues with that before, yeah. and where they yeah. backdate it to like months before. Mm. And yeah, and, and people find that very stressful. So yeah, so quite often the people who come to see us are in a lot of distress and for us you know a lot of the job for the volunteers is just to calm them down and actually be a, a friendly support and just uh, listen 
um, because it's very frustrating trying to get through to an answer machine mm. and speak to some robot mm. about what's happening. What you really want is a real human being, and you, you want to sit down with someone. Well, just on that, because you also do a, an online web um, We're doing a lot more service, web yeah. chat and a lot yeah. more email service, and we've, we really would like to do a lot more telephone work. Right. And we're, we're, we've got some plans afoot to, to actually enhance I that. I like web yeah. chats. I've yeah. said this about mm. a lot of agencies. Is that, mm. um, I'm glad that they're going down the web mm. chat route, because mm. someone who's vulnerable or upset or something may not want to be on the phone, but is willing to mm. communicate communicate like messaging so i always well, their anxiety I think i've so always such thought that's a great idea that they can't even lift the phone yeah 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 exactly yeah, exactly. yeah. there's there's other aspects to, yeah. to communicate and mm. so the fact that they can do it mm. via typing i think is yeah. a very useful thing so yeah. i obviously we're pressed for time unfortunately so mm-hmm. that's roughly about it but we always like to say to people um inf- more information how to get in touch more touch information. Good said, um yeah. if you could just let people know yeah well the, the best information source is our website of course which is uh, mm. citizens advice hyphen newcastle if you go on there, there's a whole host of things about all, all that we've discussed and lots more besides. And, of course, we've got a, a telephone helpline as well that's open 10 o'clock till 4 o'clock, Monday to Friday, and that is 0344-245-1288. It's, it's a great service because the, 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 the array of different topics you cover, things like domestic abuse, mm-hmm. I think needs to get a mention as we well. Do. A lot of vulnerable people fall we do, yes. into that. Yeah, every day is different. Trap, yeah. It's happiness. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Shona, very, very much. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you awesome, very much. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll actually just wrap it up. I'll not bother with the, the song I'm going to play. We can do it another time. Um, is um, yeah, because I'm um, I don't know. Is this, is this popping up thing, Dean, coming going to happen? So we can just wrap it up now. Um, okay, cool. Um, we can wrap it up on the hour for the first time ever on Manly Sound. We're going to end uh, actually on four. Um, the anniversary so show is wrapped officially. It is. It's happening in a few seconds. So do Thanks we need to do anything me. about Thank that? You. You're very welcome. Thank you. Figuring this all out. So, um, thank you so much to everyone for being on the show. Thanks, Ricky. Do you want to say bye thank before you, Steve? Obviously... Yeah. Thanks to um, all the listeners who, particularly them, have stayed committed since. Uh, and we'll see you next one, month yeah. for more Manly Sound Radio on Gravity Radio. Here's Goodbye, to another guys. year. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy One Year.